So I think I talked to a lot of bands and some bands are not even in the same like geographical location and, you know, they're emailing stuff back and forth. But I think when you do it your way, like you said, everybody in the room or at least at some point, it becomes more organic and more immediate. And, and you can hear that in the final output, I believe. I think so, too. And a big part of that um, of the creative process as well is playing them and rehearsing and live, you know, which obviously we haven't been able to do for the past two years, basically now. Um, but a lot of the songs on the record, um, we would test live and see, do people like the song when we play it? Right. So having that kind of immediate feedback of we write a song, get it together, basically have it done. You know, maybe the production aspect is lacking still, or we got to sort that out. But once the song's done, take it to the studio. Okay. When's our next show? Let's play this song at the show and see, see what happens. Right. Because we were playing so much before the pandemic in New York, just locally that it was so easy to kind of road test those songs and be like, wow, people freaked out to this one or, or maybe this song, you know, people didn't get, or they, or maybe it needs a little higher energy thing. Right. Yeah. What, um, what did you guys do during the pandemic? And were you able to take advantage of the downtime and write like crazy or, did you just lay low? Yeah, yeah, we've we've been writing a, a bunch. It, it it started off a little slow for us because you know it was such a new thing. It's like now we're all used to. <laughs> it's like oh pandemic, whatever. It's been going on. Right. It's, it's weirder that it, it's going to be weirder when it's over now. Right. But yeah. When it first started, we we weren't really writing that much because we had just finished the record. I I think I got the master of the record the first few weeks into the pandemic when the lockdowns were really happening. Oh, wow. So we were kind of like, you know, done and spent on that aspect of it. So we kind of, we took a few months off and then um, once things kind of started settling down after that first initial wave, we all got, we started getting back together immediately and writing. Um, and, and, and that's the worst thing about the pandemic is that we've been, it forced we were planning to release the record at, you know right beginning of 2020 or whatever whatever whenever this started was it hard <laughs> to sit on it for that long yeah it it's you know it's always hard to when you put so much work into something like that and then yeah you're you know it gets old having to tell people yeah we have this really great record that we worked on it let me hear it oh sorry you can't hear it. right, <laughs> right. telling that to people for a year and a half now basically but uh, in the grand scheme of things you know the the first single living dangerous is out and more we're gonna have more singles coming out and eventually the record's going to be releasing only in a few months so um so you brought so up the vi- you brought up the single that video again everything is such top notch here that video is pretty killer too uh, i saw that your what is it your manager that has some sort of connections to the film industry is that how that worked uh no no that was um that we did that video um uh, with a friend of ours who um, we've worked with for, for a while. Andy Gould does have connections with the film industry, but um, not we for did this. That. Yeah. Yeah. We did. Um, we did that with our buddy and, and who we've worked with for a while, who, who, you know, works in film and has for a bit. And he's it's stunning. Great. Yeah. It, it was really, it was really fun to shoot. I think it turned out great. And um, Dorothy was uh, great in it. Um that's one of my that's one of my bullet points too. How did you get, end up with her? How did she come about? So she's actually managed by Chris Nielsen, who I mentioned before was the guy that 
heard living dangerous in Chris Lorraine's studio and told our label, you guys have to get signed. So there's all these kind of funny intertwining relationships. And our label said, Hey, this would, you know, what do you think about a feature? We think that would be really cool if you had a feature on this track. And um, we said, okay, let's try it. I mean, it was a little weird at first because we've never had a feature. So, you know, as an artist, the song is your baby. So giving to somebody else. Do we want to have someone else ruin our song? (laughs) 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 But then when we got it back, I was, I was blown away by our performance and it was great. And it was awesome to meet her and have her on it. And we'll definitely be the, uh, the, the single, um, we ventured into the single world. I mean, sorry, the feature world. So we'll definitely try to have some more people on our songs. It's not so scary anymore. So that's an interesting thing because again, like I, I talked to a lot of bands and there's this, a lot of people going the, I guess the music business is sort of reinventing itself and people are heading towards that one single every six weeks or every month or whatever to keep them relevant, as opposed to the old school way, like I'm used to, you know, getting the, the vinyl or whatever it is and listening to it, you know, sequenced. Are you planning on going that route as well with the singles or the features or that kind of thing? Yes, I think so. I think, um, I mean, I think we're, I think we're still taking a pretty traditional route of, you know, we're going to have, you know, three or so singles before the, before the records right. release. Um, but that's kind of the great thing about that's one of the upsides about streaming and Apple music and all that stuff is that people can have completely not, well, I guess not reinvented, but people can just, you know, do whatever they want in terms of releasing a record. I mean, I know right. some people now release 25 song records and they just release right. all of it at once. Right. You know? Or some people do that cool thing where, you know, the whole album is I don't know if you've ever seen when the album is grayed out on Apple music music and then no. has that yeah so some people do a thing where it's like the album will be grayed out you can see all the, the track listing and the sequence but then the songs will kind of come in like every week or so um, oh, okay so you know we're, we're just trying to see what works you know it's our first real release so um right. but I, there's I, a i think there's an art to the sequencing as well right that's sort of getting lost in the mix totally well yeah sorry Okay. Yeah. I, I, I see your point. Yeah. Well, there's an, there's definitely an art that's being lost to the concept of an album. Right. Like which you know, song goes where and how you know, the mood of the record. Yeah. And also the, the production of the song, like the, the production of the album, the way the album sounds, you know, albums definitely used to have more of a cohesive sound, like a band would release album A it would have this sound to it. Then album B would have, they'd be experimenting with this sound and right. this type of thing, which is definitely lost when people are just releasing single after single and there's not really a thought and then they kind of compile it almost like, you know, okay, right. we release 10 singles compiled. Yeah. We're, we definitely believe in creating an album that has a presence of its own and it has its own thematic elements to it. Definitely. I mean, um, I know yeah. you got to keep up with the times and you got to sell records and you got to keep your fans engaged and yeah. kids like my son's age, that's what they want to do. They just want to get yeah. the new, you know, living dangerous single and then go about their business. But yeah. I'm the old school guy that really appreciates, you know, the time you went into sequencing it and putting the artwork together and doing all that stuff. Well, we, we definitely put a lot of time into that and definitely put a lot of time into the sequencing. And I, um, well, we all think of the records we, you know, the future records we are going to do in this record as a record. So when we're writing the music and we're compiling what songs are going where, when we're producing it, 
we're definitely thinking about we want this album to be an experience um so the releasing the singles is is great for promotional but definitely that album listening to it front to back is definitely there's definitely an arc to it and there's definitely meaning behind how the songs have been sequenced yeah absolutely and it's i mean it definitely takes time to think about it and where you're going to go with it so that's great that's good to hear because i know a lot of people are not doing that they're just going neat and i don't know which one's right or wrong i'm just you know set in ways I think it depends on who you are. You know, some yeah. people aren't into that. I, I, I am. So, right. Um, when you're writing, are you writing songs like how they're going to come across on stage in the live setting? Or are you writing songs just for the song's sake and then figuring out how they work out live? Um, I, it, there's a little bit of a combination of both. Um, I personally another philosophy of a great song is a great song and if a song is a great song it's gonna you know go over great mm-hmm. uh, so when you're, we're talking about kind of the core of the song um not thinking too much about the audience but definitely once we're starting to get into production and saying okay how do we make this big how do we make this x y and z you know we'll put a drum breakdown or something as we're as we're Right. right here, actually, in my home studio, you know, put it just like the MIDI drums. We'll throw a drum breakdown or a guitar breakdown or everything drops out. And that's when we start to kind of get hints of, oh, this is going to be awesome live. Or or then or then you hear something like that. You think, oh, this is going to be great live. How can we make it even better? Um, so it's kind of just, you know, one of those things where it depends on the song, depends on the situation. But it is definitely a thought that's in our mind um, for sure. Okay. I, I really dig your your stuff too. And it's such a, a nod back to even in your bio, but you can hear it as well. Your influences to like uh, the Def Leppard production or the, or the Zeppelin thing. Is that your background as well? The guys in the band? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, we're all into that kind of music. Um, I see the Def Leppard on your wall there. Yeah. That's my, I have a picture with them and uh, an autograph. So that's my little Def Leppard shrine. But we're, <laughs> It, it's, you know, all of us are, are, we like a lot of that old stuff because, you know, if you're a musician, the pinnacle of all that stuff is 60s, 70s and 80s. Yes. You, know, you know, if you're a guitar player, it's everyone from, you know, Jeff Beck, you know, Eddie Van Halen, Jimi Hendrix, obviously Randy Rhodes, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're spanning that gap from, you know, 69 to 90 or 69 to 85 of the guitar, right. you know, you know the guitar hero generation um same with drummers and singers so i feel like if you're really serious about playing an instrument you always got to look back you know to the beginning and and who kind of invented you know right. what's you know the the, sta- the status of you know this is what a guitar god essence is you know and obviously that kind of changes over time but that's really the starting point of it so and then we also love all sorts of music. We just did um, a cover that's up on YouTube of uh, Kanye West, a new Kanye West song, which is which is oh really? Yeah, it's a song called Jail. It's up on our YouTube, um, which is Tempt Man. And um, so we love all types of music, and we get all types of inspiration from from everything. But we miss the idea of fun rock, and there seems yes. to be a, there yes, seems yes. to be a lack. Yeah, there seems to be a lack of mainstream fun rock and fun big rock production yeah and with big production so and and that used to be what everyone loved was fun rock yes. pop 40 was what everything it was as big as it got so 
you know, we want to take those influences of that style and aesthetic of, of, of old and bring it into, you know, bring the style of that into the modern light with modern production, because we think people would love that rock is either too soft or too heavy right now. And it doesn't really appeal to that core demographic. That yeah. And so I'm working on a side product on a film, but that deals with this sort of same thing. But I think that in my opinion, that kind of music was an escape from all the stupid shit that we're dealing with now. You don't have to worry about like the, some of this heavier stuff is complaining and whatever social, this is just fun. Yeah. I think people need that. Exactly. And, and that, and that's why we, um, why we write the music the way we do. We were not, you know, if, if we wrote anything else, it would be, it would be, it wouldn't be genuine because we're not, you know, we're not depressed people, you know, we're not, we're not, you know, the worst, we're not living in the worst conditions in the world. We're writing about our time. We've had as young people living in New York city and, you know, friends and girlfriends and all that stuff. So, you know, that's, and, and we believe when I listen to music, I like to listen to music. That's an escape like that for me. That's fun. That takes my mind off things. That's energizing. That is inspiring. So naturally I want to write the same kind of music. I think you're in the right, right at the right time frame too, because everybody needs an escape from this nonsense now. So man, all the best to get in this, uh, this should take off. Like you've got all the elements. I mean, it's produced amazingly. It's, it sounds great. And, uh, and it's an escape. I think it's going to do really, really well. Well, thank you. I hope so. What do you guys got planned live? Are you able to do anything live yet? Are we still on pause? We're we're still on pause. You know, we've, we're kind of, we, dipped our toe in a bit and then you know it's been crazy because you see all these reports of you know this band's going on tour and then a week after they go out it's like well now they had to cancel a week of shows everybody someone got the so we're we're still taking a pause we're 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 hopefully um we're planning on still going over to europe in the summer and doing a big bunch of festivals there but next we're summer kinda, yes this yeah, coming this is about coming over, summer right? next summer yeah yeah uh, that was actually that was actually planned for summer of 2020 and it's been pushed back 2021 and then now right so but everyone can find i'll just do my quick social yeah please everyone can find information on all our social media it's all either tempt or tempt band i think uh facebook and youtube are just tempt and then um instagram and all that stuff. We have TikTok now as well. We have some funny TikToks. It's all temp band. So um, any information about shows, um, covers, single releases, album release will all be there. Okay, cool. Did I miss anything you wanted to cover? I think we went through it pretty good. No, that was great. I'd just say um, check out the new Kanye West cover we did and the single. Definitely check out the single. I'm going to go check out the Kanye West one right after we do this. And uh, I guess that's it. I I wish you the best of success with this because I really dig it. Great. Thanks, man. Have a, have a great, you got a full day of press. I got, I think I got one more after this, then I'm going to write. So. Oh, good. So not too bad. Not too bad. All right. What's New York like these days? Is it, I'm originally from there. Is it terrible? It's been, it's gotten a little bit better. It's still pretty bad though. Is it? Yeah. It's just, um, it's been, it's been getting gross here. Is it really? It I've been out for 16 years now, but yeah, it's just, it's just, feel, once the pandemic happened, it just felt like everyone stopped caring. <laughs> really? yeah. That's what I've heard. I still have family up there, but I have, I've only been just real quick. I haven't really, you know, hung yeah. in the city. Yeah. But it seems it's getting a little better. You know, we'll see what happens. 
Where do you see, I know I said I'm done, but we got a couple minutes if you don't mind. Where do you see the music music business coming out at the end of all this? You think it's going to, I mean, it has to reinvent itself a little, right? I think, yeah, it definitely has. I mean, we, we for about a year, did um, just these live stream concerts, which was mm-hmm. great, which we probably would have never done without this. I think people are finding a lot of ways to connect with their audience more, whether it's through simple stuff like Twitter or doing some of these live stream type shows. People are um, doing like Twitch or something, which I don't even know what it is. It's like video games or something. Yeah. People do Twitch, which is streaming on video games. Well, it's, it's just, a, it used to be just for video games. So now people actually stream music and stuff so on that. I spoke to Matt Keithy from Trivium just recently, the front man. Yeah. He actually makes more doing his Twitch stuff than he did, uh, like a full record cycle in trivium that, that wouldn't surprise me twitch he's turned it into a whole thing yeah you can people make a lot of money on twitch because you know you can donate either you can subscribe which is like paying five dollars a month to that person right. um, you know for special access and whatnot so yeah definitely a big move to twitch um but i think once i think the upside is that once things re- i mean we're already starting to see this with how many people are trying to go to concerts and stuff, especially in States that, you know, have much looser restrictions. I mean, things are like packed, you know, huge. So I think once, if it ever happens, it seems like it's never going to happen, but once things completely stop with all this COVID nonsense, I think, you know, people are just itching to get out and see a show. Or yeah, see I a was band. too. I went and, and saw, it wasn't that's... even, it wasn't even a rock show. I just saw sublime in the dirty heads recently. The only show I've seen, Oh Since great! The pandemic started, uh, that, and it was like a normal yeah. a normal place that would have been like half full was like outside. They were standing outside the gates, just itching to see live music. It was that crazy. Yeah, so I'm hopeful that that will be the biggest plus. Will be and and I know that people are really you know cooped up and want to go see bands and just live music. So, so I know we're running up against time, but what's it going to be like for you to walk out on stage after all this nonsense? You going to be nervous? I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't, I haven't been nervous playing in a long time, but um, definitely will be anxious. Like I'm already, I'm already anxious to play in that feeling of like, I want to go and play and play now, 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 now. Right. So, so it's going to be weird. I think it's going to be weird. I might be a little nervous actually. You know, it's, it, I don't, I can't remember the last time I've gone this long without playing a live show. So. Right. And as a fan, I can't remember the last time I've gone without seeing a show. I mean, that's a part of life. So we'll just have to rehearse more than usual, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you got to know that probably you could do anything you wanted on stage, and the people there are just dying to see. They're going to freak things. out. Yeah, they're going to freak out <laughs> yeah. anyway. So you're going to get a great response no matter what. Yeah, yeah. It'll, 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 I'm very excited. You know, we should be playing soon. So. Again, awesome. check out all our social media for, for the details on that. Sorry to run you right up against the timeline, but it was a good conversation, I thought so. Oh, it was great. No problem. Awesome. Thank you. Good luck with the record. We'll talk to okay, you soon, my great, friend. Man. All right, be well. Stay safe. Bye. Thank you. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. 
Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.